Welcome back to the Chasing Tone podcast uh, with uh, you know your hosts Richard and, and Blake and your good old buddy Brian. Nice, man. It's nice in here, guys. This is a <laughs> this is a pretty classy joint. I like what you've done with the place. So the, the red crushed velvet. That's nice. That's a nice touch. And mm. oh, a martini glass. I don't don't mind if I do. All right, all right. Let's say uh, <laughs> I've never actually drunk nice. a martini. What? I've never drunk a martini. What? I don't know if I have either, actually. What? Come think of it. I, I mean, like, for me, growing up, I don't know, things must be different in Portland, Blake, but if I went into a pub, I would ask for a beer, please. Not, can I have a martini? But even growing up, I like, I watch a lot of James Bond. I still don't feel the need to have a drink with an olive in it. I don't really uh, get mixed drinks very often, but when I do, it's usually a gin martini. Mm, I like a gin martini. Shake and I like a good amaretto sour myself, personally. So that like is you, the, uh, what, when it comes to a mixed drink? Well, we've already established I'm a fan of the Pims. Uh, oh, that's you know, right. Mm-hmm. Sprig of mint, cucumber, strawberry, some citrus fruit, lemonade, and then a dash of Pims, Brian. Doesn't that just sound like heaven to you? No, I'd like to have a, a, a good thick beer with a hint of chocolate in it. Um, I think they refer to these as Have we as lost stouts. them or is that just me? That's, uh, that's kind of where, where the I ultimate, go. For the class of drink. The ultimate stout hacks. I told you about how to make the death by chocolate by mixing Kalur and vodka and stout. But the ultimate stout hack is to find the chocolate bar known as a twirl, which I don't think you have in America. A what? A twirl. A- it's essentially... A hollow straw of chocolate wrapped in kind of filaments of chocolate. So it's very chocolatey. The ultimate trick is to drink a pint of Guinness through one of those. That mm. tastes amazing. All right. All right. I could do that. That does sound classy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think Martinsville classy, maybe. Uh, did I tell you guys? I can't remember if I did about the Wyland car bomb. A what? What? No. It's 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 something I made that tastes like a milkshake, but um, it's dangerous because you have to chug it all very quickly. <laughs> so okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Wyland yeah. car bomb does sound a little bit like you know the kind of Portland version of a pan galactic gargle blaster. So uh, <laughs> t- <laughs> tell me all about the Wyland car bomb. I don't even What's know if it can it? be properly made anymore because I'm not it's sure if Lagunitas. Fourteen states. <laughs> I'm not sure if Lagunitas makes their imperial stout anymore they used to uh it was a really good super dark imperial stout that was fairly widely distributed for a while but i haven't been able to find it um but basically it's it's a glass of the stout with chocolate liqueur kalua and uh a jameson usually all dropped into it but you have to drink it really fast because it starts to curdle on you but if you get it in before it does nice it's uh it's alcoholic cheese. It tastes, it tastes like chocolate milk. <laughs> so but it also will do other things to you as well. Um so I don't like that. the sound of that. Mm-hmm. That sounds well, dangerous. It's, it's a pretty potent brew. The beer itself is nine point nine, and then you add the other stuff to it and that is a potent stout at nine point nine. I'll stick to Guinness mm-hmm. for mine. It's nice and friendly and it's five percent or whatever it is. I love um, Guinness. Guinness, oh, is Guinness is one of my favorite drinks. Uh, mm-hmm. You just can't beat Especially, it's very hot over here at the moment, and I would love a nice cold Guinness about now, in fact. Mm. I'm going to do that later. 
I'm, I, I've decided, yes. I've drunk all of the cold do. alcohol in this house. I'm now on to the fizzy pops. There's no cold alcohol left. The fizzy bubbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on this week, guys? Um, obviously, last week, released the Moxie, which is an awesome pedal. And uh, this week, we are announcing the release. No, we're not. Um, what's happening? <laughs> so, um, you messaged me something. Or maybe it was in the text chat. I can't remember. It was text. I deny everything. You messaged everything. me something about... No, you, you were you just discovered you just somehow now discovered that jazz masters are like one of the most comfortable guitars on the planet. I mean, I've never picked one up until I picked up this Acoustasonic. I'm not going to lie. I, I've never looked at one and gone, I must try one of those guitars. But this Acoustasonic is like the most comfortable guitar I own. And I sit down a lot when I play guitar because I play in, mm-hmm. in my office, right? They were built for slightly bigger gentlemen who like to sit down a lot. I've discovered. I mean, that's this. a jazz player, right? <laughs> that is a jazz just... player. So two and two mm-hmm. do indeed make four. Uh, and I have just been dim all this time. I just can't get over the weird trim on on them. So I know, I want a nice stop tail jazz master that isn't perhaps a Fender. So some a nice offset that has that. I've I've been looking at some weird stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a convert, Blake. I I like a jazz master shape. You probably just need to try it. See, and I'm surprised that Fender, and maybe they have, and it's just not on my radar. You need to try something with a mastery trim system, which is like an improved Jazzmaster tremolo and bridge system. It fixes all the problems that are generally associated with the offset style trim. And it's my favorite. Like, I love it. I haven't tried the Descendant, which is another one that uh, purports to do the same thing, but and, and is the wang bar less than one yard long? Because that's long on the Jazzmaster, right? It is, but I I like it like that. I I've never got along with like Strat trims that well, to be honest. They I, always I mean, feel I can take sloppy. or leave. I, I can honestly take or leave trims. I like. There are obviously songs where I really need to use one, and sounds where I really need. But I don't every time i'm playing use a trem even if i've got a guitar with one on i just it uh, feels cheap to me i guess that's why you need to try a mastery because they feel yeah. wonderful yeah well okay. then you but you know the duesenberg trem yeah no i know a good trem i like a yeah. good trem I, and the, the duesenberg is an absolute work of art because it's so subtle it, it feels I, so i still good. have to get one i oh. gotta get one of those I can't believe I don't, as much as I love those things, I don't have a guitar with one on it. And I'm looking around right now wondering like, hmm, hmm, what should I do well, about that? that, hmm. that, that yeah, there's a very simple answer to that. Um, no, I, I, I'm into jazz masters. Uh, I have to say, I, I went into my local guitar shop the other day and I, I looked at some jazz masters. I also looked at the uh, player Strat, which is in a silver sparkle finish. And I looked at it and I just went, yep, that has been designed to be a very cheap. Uh, yeah, we see what you're doing with your lovely Silver Sky finishes over there, PRS, but but we are the daddies here because the finish <laughs> on that player silver is to absolutely die for, Bri. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, that that was the most gorgeous strat I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. deep. It's got like a blue kind of overtone to the reflection. The flake is the right size. Uh, that really took my eye. But I got to play the other Brent Mason Telly, Bri, the non-master-built um, mm-hmm. custom shop version, just the regular £2,500 version. <laughs> yeah. Um, immediately I noticed it was heavier, and it, it like the specs say it's half a, 
half a pound heavier. And you, you do notice that. Mm. Surprisingly, it's like, yeah. ah, this doesn't feel light anymore. This feels like average, but it sounds great. It, and it's such a well-finished guitar. I mean, my, my I would be very torn between the two because, like, the master-built, like, um, I don't know whether it is master-built, but the, the custom shop one, the really expensive one, is a work of art. But so is this one. Have no doubt that buying this guitar, you would not be unhappy with it. And did this one have the bender on it? Yeah, but again, they hadn't set it up in the shop, so I didn't get to do any of the bendy uh, bendies. So it's like it's like having a Telecaster, but not being able to use the bridge pickup. <laughs> Wait, oh. Richard, I'm trying to remember. Did the custom shop one? I feel like the custom shop one that you played did not have the bender. Is that correct? correct? So they both didn't have. I mean, they both had like a, a bit of metal sticking out where it shouldn't be. But the shop guys were like, oh, we haven't set the bender up. So I was like, all right. I'm, okay, okay. Uh, I'm not Brian Wampler. It's fine. It's so fun to play. Like, if you've never played one before, it's it's fun to just, like, you can see the wheels turning in a person's head because they're like, oh, wait. So if I take this chord, I can bend into this chord. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it completely changes, like, how you start thinking about guitar licks. I I still am just like, like I said a million times on this show, I am super into the idea. I think I would absolutely love one, but I'm going to have to play a guitar that already has it. I can't sacrifice yeah. one of my to 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 experiment with. You know, oh, the I same just, way. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to put it into into a guitar I don't like. Yeah, yeah. and also, I wouldn't want like an aftermarket one. I'd want one that was factory fitted because there's a lot of complex routing and woodwork involved there, right? The, I mean, uh, if the, Glazer did one, I'd be okay yeah, with it. Gla- yeah, the ones that Glazer does are, are actually, th- he made it, he engineered it in a way that it doesn't take like a big chunk of wood out. Okay. And it's uh, all factory parts. So like, basically, I think he, I may be wrong, but I think he has people that are like okay to install it for him because it's it's like, like a, a system that, yeah. So, but apparently they go they go in really quick and minimal uh, invasion of, of the guitar. Um, I mean, invasion if I mean, of I the guitar someone. sounds like a movie I would watch. It does invasion of the guitar no, sounds like possible. the greatest movie um, ever. No, uh, bright. Uh, if only we knew someone who was good at woodwork and knew something about guitars. Uh, you're good at woodwork, I suppose, Bry. I'm okay at the carpentry stuff, but not so good at the guitar setup. Another thing, guitar setups. Man, I just struggle with it. I struggle and struggle and struggle. I noticed Rob uh, Robert Keeley was doing a lot of stuff like that and mm-hmm. refinishing frets. And man, every time I try that, I screw something up. <laughs> Is that because essentially, as we discovered in last week's uh, Patreon episode, uh, your two favorite tools of choice are a four thousand psi torque driver and a chainsaw powered by a uh, four point eight liter v four thousand psi torque driver. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, that that's, that's not, that that would that, break, that doesn't make any sense. That would like break your wrist. That was the point. psi though. What are you talking about? Pounds per Pounds square, per square inch pressure of torque. That's not how torque works. It does now. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm. You know, you say anything with enough confidence, and you can even get me to believe it. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, you're right. See, I was just thinking about running a like four thousand psi compressor into a torque wrench. 
Yeah, because you can you you power the torque wrenches by compressed air, don't you? Yes. So or four thousand psi. Some, yeah, I mean, I mean, some are electric, but yeah, but the what no, I have I, the, the, the junior ones that amateurs use, a professional <laughs> like you, Bri, you'd be using like a twin tank four thousand psi version. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Uh yeah, every time yeah, I do yeah, my mechanic sure. uh-huh. work, yeah, that's uh-huh. I use a four thousand psi. Uh, oh, sorry. Do you still yeah. measure everything in bar? Is that how you uh, measure pressure out there? Uh, not really. I mean, it usually has both on it, but nobody talks about bar. They just say psi. No, oh, it's there. So, but we don't. I'm not the biggest idiot in the world. I'm just the second biggest idiot in the world. I'm just the, four thousand's a lot. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I know that. I, Okay. I, I sent my wife the uh, the little image of me okay. of me right, from Adam on. Pope. Yeah, Adam Adam Pope, uh, friend of the show. You made an image of Brian in his chainsaw gear, and it tickled Brian. I'm just going to let you know that right now. It tickled him <laughs> so much. We've had to wait five minutes before starting. He's off again. He's looking at it now. There you go. No, we've lost him. There he goes. Oh, <laughs> I sent it to my wife, and she sent the facepalm emoji back to me. Yes. So uh, she is uh, correct. I'm guessing by the time everyone hears this, this will be on the Wampler Instagram. You can probably scroll back and you will see something. Oh, by about the time this episode comes out, <laughs> yeah. if, by the time this episode comes out, Blake, I am going to ensure that it has been plastered over every police station in Martinsville and the <laughs> tri tri county area. Uh, this man oh. is a criminal. Arrest him immediately on site. <laughs> Wow. Bri, you're a wrong one. I'm just going to let you know that. You're Ugh. not right in the head. I know. I try not to. And that's Anyways, why we, we were, like you. We were talking about strats? Where did we leave off? Well, with we were talking about the, 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 the uh, Brent Mason telly. And, uh, yeah, what somehow we got oh, onto a... the Brent Mason telly. And, so, um, uh, uh, and part of my journey through the guitar shop got to uh, looking at some of this Squire 40th anniversary stuff and some of the Squire Jazz Masters. Have you guys seen these 40th anniversary Squires? They're Not 500 yet. pounds. Now, in, really? in in my book, that's Fender money. You know, that's what I'd be looking to pay. I mean, that player strat was 599. So that's, you've got to really love the Squire. I mean, they're great, well-specced guitars. And I suspect they'd play better than their Fender equivalents. But isn't the point of like brand naming that you aspire to it? And at that level, aren't people going to be like, I'm buying a Fender for that money. We'll be right back. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, except that, I, are you? That's the thing. I, aren't the Fenders well, quite a bit more than that? No, I mean, you can get um, the, the, I think the player is the basic Fender, and that's £599 versus these, which are £499. There's £100 mm, difference. Okay. 
Or in, in I thought your Fender's world, started a little higher dollars. than that. I mean, maybe it sounds more extreme in dollars, but no, I'm pretty sure the most basic sort of um, made in Mexico Fender is like 500 of something. Not I do like the seafoam green, though, with the gold pick Isn't it card. lovely? I, really, I like so, that a lot. But have you guys, either of you guys played uh, guitar? I mean, Blake, you must have a guitar with an anodized metal pick guard. Mm-hmm. I no, love the look I of don't. them. I didn't think so. I don't. I, I, I absolutely love the look of them. I just feel my hand might get freaked out by a metal pick guard, and also it might end up looking a lot worse than a plastic one with some damage. Am I wrong? I don't know. I've seen some beat-up anodized pickguards, and they look pretty cool. That's a beautiful red telly, too, man. That's what I was looking at. Wow. Woo! I'm having a hard time not getting my wallet out. Jeez. I'll just do it. I only have 18 different telecasters, though. (laughs) I know. that's You got to get up to 20. Those are rookie numbers in this bracket. You got to pump those numbers up. Talk to me into it. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Twisted his rubber arm. Um, <laughs> I, they are beautiful. I'd, I'd be tempted by them. And, and a lot of the squires I looked at were incredibly uh, attractive looking. I did go and feel up a uh, 150 pound squire bullet strat. No, I, you're giving me looks because I said the words feel up. No, I did literally go and feel the neck of it. And I literally ran my fingers up and down the side of the neck to feel the frets. Okay. You can tell it's a 150-pound guitar. There's, yeah. n- there's no hiding from it there. Like, Wait, literally, so what do you mean? What, do you, what makes you say that? What's, what's your criteria here? Uh, well, so what I would do when checking out any guitar's quality is check out the neck and feel how the frets have been finished at the ends, all right, along the side. And this okay. felt as if everyone was a different length and was finished with a razor point, and you might okay. hurt yourself playing so, it. So... so at, so far, up to this point, though, just with a setup, though, we're still we're still good. I, I, I mean, mean sounds like you've a, I mean, a, fret, a little bit of fret dressing, but I mean, depends who does your setup. I mean, you'd be getting out your your special tools at this point, Brian. This is not something you could polish with a little bit of double zero wire wool. This is well. These are I like one to use millimeter. A grinding wheel. Well, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, we I know that. Yeah. Grinding wheel and go down the neck of the guitar, you know. Yeah. Like, so I don't was, know why. Every time I set my guitars up, they play worse. I ground the frets down. I, I ground them Hold just on. like they told me to. A minute ago, bro, you said that you didn't really understand guitar setup and you weren't really good at it. I think we've we we've come to discover so why. Grind, so grinders are not... Uh, no, maybe that's foot, where I'm going foot wrong. Foot-powered knife grinding wheels are not what you should be using to crown and polish your frets on your... Every, t- every time I start setting up my guitars, all you hear is woo, 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 yeah. woo in the background mm-hmm. with my gr- my air grinder, see? Yeah. Grind- How many those PSI? 4,000. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a manly number. 4,000 is very robust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, That's yeah. great. <laughs> I don't know. So five hundred bucks for for these, I I really have to play it oh, to know. I, I I've been really impressed with the modern squires in general. Um, I haven't played enough so plugged in. I've, I've picked uh, a couple up and twanged them, but that's it. I interrupted you a bit, Richard. Sorry about that. So you're saying the frets did you? need to be? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Some frets, and I went off on a tangent. The, the, the plastic is wobbly. The the finish is dodgy. Um, it would be. Which guitar was this? Sorry, I th- you this said was it, but the, I. 
squire the like the most basic squire bullet the the, the, the affinity very, or whatever whatever yeah. their cheapest guitar is um mm-hmm. you can tell it's a cheap guitar but for the money it's fantastic and i'm sure you can get a good tune out of it and so for a beginner i'm sure it's fine but you would really notice the difference on that you know so um but the the range in squire is so great cuz you go from that to their top end um squire models and the ones that i felt up again their necks felt like fender necks they they were really really well set up really nicely finished so amazing what difference you get from like 150 to 300 pounds basically it's, it's kind of funny more. to think about like in the you know not working at a guitar factory uh how that must go because especially for squire or or something where there's a range of quality that you have to hit. It's kind of hard for me to imagine, like, we've all played guitars with super sharp frets, right? And then, like, ah. It's hard to imagine, like, even putting that... And I'm not... This is not a criticism. This is more of, like, discussing price points and what you get. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around being, like, a QC guy going, like, yep, that one's going to go. And realizing that, like, they just kind of have to do that when they're 150 bucks or whatever it is. You know, like, they, they just can't spend the same amount of time, you know, cleaning things up and getting them dialed in the way they can on a $500 one. It's just not, right. not so, there. So are you guys familiar with Jack Pearson? I am no. not. Okay, Jack Pearson is, uh, I think he was the Almond Brothers, actually. But l- at least in my circles around Nashville, he's widely known. Um, he uses a Squire Strat. I think Squire Strat. I think it is, yeah, Squire Bullet Strat that he purchased for eighty-seven dollars. Wow. And uh, he's uh, he's quite good, quite good. Uh, but That's I mean, is this, is this kind of like the uh, epigraph- uh, the, the story of Trigger's Broom, which is a, a a UK comedy legend? You know, where basically the uh, the character in the famous comedy show Only Fools and Horses says, you know, I, I've had this broom for thirty years. In that time, it's had 12 different handles and 13 different heads, but, you know, it served me very well. Is that the same thing here? <laughs> Is it like, I've been playing this this bullet uh, strat that I've had a completely different neck, new stainless steel frets, new pickups, new pick so. guard. I mean, I think, I think that's just what Jack does. He just likes the Squires, just because you can beat them around and, you know. So it's not a ship of Theseus type of situation. I don't think it's a ship of anything. I don't even know what a Theseus what is. What the but... hell? Where, where did that come from? Have you been reading classical Greek literature in your lunch break? You don't again? know about the ship. We've... It's the same. It's the same concept with the broom. Basically, the ship went out for years and years at sea, and slowly over time, things got rotten and broken, and they had to replace pieces of it. And slowly over time, the entire ship basically gets replaced piece by piece. So, is it the same ship? Sir, I doff my cap at your levels of classics education. At the moment, you are impressing me. (laughs) I just, I've heard it referred to um, in the context of certain bands, you know, Mm -hmm. where they lose a lot of the original members or some of the primary songwriters, but they continue on. And people say, is this like a ship of Theseus thing? Is this the same band? Are we talking about Pantera again? We are, aren't we? I wasn't, but that would (laughs) probably qualify to some degree. you know, it's just a, it's a thought experiment more than anything else. Well, I I take your thought experiment and I shall run with it. Uh, where I shall run is yet to be determined. Um, <laughs> Richard, don't leave. Where are you going? 
Speaking of the Jazz Masters and speaking of the Squires, I noticed that, um, and I don't know whether we discussed this briefly before, but I noticed that Fender have had to make a load of layoffs. And from yeah. what I understand, this is down to just the simple mechanics of the pandemic, meaning they had to kind of increase the volume of instruments built to fill demand. People ordered a lot of instruments, mainly dealers, but now the pandemic is over and people are out, you know, chasing butterflies and goats through fields as they used to. They're not selling quite as quickly, and so there's quite a lot of unloved Fender stock in warehouses, and apparently that led to some cuts at HQ. Uh, did you guys read yeah. this? Including, uh, according to the article, uh, the person who designed the Acoustasonics. I did not see that. I know the guy you're talking of because I saw him do an interview. That is a shame because what I that don't know if that's 100 percent true. This is still this is. I mean, that's what yeah. I remember reading. But uh, I, I think thought, I huh. also saw that. But um, the uh, it, it probably means that the Acoustasonics have not sold as well as they expected, which is a damn shame. Because I'm telling you that that. Um, sorry, sorry, Brian. That is a gosh darn it shame. Um, <laughs> a G Willikers shame does that work I G don't know. Willikers shame yeah because uh, that's a really clever guitar the only thing not clever about it is it's got a built in lithium ion like battery that um, I don't know I know Phil McKnight had a big uh, big video and I think podcast on this that was actually really interesting about and, the layoffs yeah and I'm trying to find the details of it because it's a, it's like a long Hour and a half long video, um, but he he had some good thoughts on it that for some reason they've escaped my brain. So yeah. <laughs> that's because oh, we're angry me, at so him. Don't for talking video. Yeah, no, we're yeah. angry at him for, for for leaking the moxie a month early, but luckily no one saw it. Who's this? Uh, Phil McKnight. Oh, did he? Yeah, I didn't know that. yeah, no, oh, you did. I told you the other day, uh, but oh. it was it was a mid. You know, you know, it's been wiped from RAM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gone. Exactly. Didn't you happen. purged your cash. Since then, <laughs> purging cash, purging, purging cash. No, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it's not too surprising, right? Like they, they were saying multiple times during the pandemic that, or during lockdown specifically, like Fender sold more guitars than they ever have in the history yeah. of the company, which is not yeah. surprising. We've we've all seen the trends. It, it can't. You can't just carry on. You know, it's it's like peaks and troughs. It's not a linear ramp upwards. But this was this was a bigger correction on on their side than I expected, though. They said like three hundred employees. That's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I think it was Wampler, the entire evening, I think it was like the whole second shift. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole night shift is like no more. Well, yeah. I mean, which is for, just really if, unfortunate. If Wampler lost its night shift, um, I mean, basically <laughs> that, that would be me and Brian getting a good night's sleep, uh, and certainly if Wampler lost three hundred staff. I think we'd be down a few hundred like negative staff at the, at the moment. That's a big loss. Um, if and you I, lost I the whole night for... shift, the meme output would go in the toilet. I can tell you that much. No, because we've got Adam Pope and his wonderful memes of Buff Brian. <laughs> Should we make yeah, Buff it is, Brian it's, a character? It's not. I'm still. I'm really bummed about this. I mean, I, I am I'm too. Bummed. It's just like. So it's also I, not a good signifier for our beloved hobby, you know, that like, okay, it seems like the gear market's gonna 
go back to what it was in 2019. It's, it's the bubble is going to burst a little. I feel. So is the uh, did the CEO did he take a pay cut too, or did he just you know? No, he got a bonus. He got an extra oh, million well, dollar bonus. Makes, makes total sense. I think I they did lose some the very senior that, people. But... Actually, no, the, I, yeah, I did see a couple of very senior people go. So. Uh, it, right. It's never nice when a company has to do this, but businesses are businesses. That's how they right. work. But I mean, I know how we work. When we're not profitable, I don't get paid, and I own the company. So, <laughs> yeah, I would I would think like for a bigger company, like that's what I would want to see. I would want to see the CEO like, you know what? Sorry, you don't get a salary this year. You lay yep. that many people off, you don't get a salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't that, always work I... like that. I know, I know, but that's as a consumer, that's what I would like to see. Feels right. Yeah, I agree. I totally that, agree. That is one thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize. And this is more in the small business realm is that like your boss eats last, <laughs> you yes. know, and, and that's how it should work, you know. And that's, I mean, if we're not profitable, yeah, I don't get paid either. So, you know, no. that's. And similarly, Every day that Simon takes off is minus two days that I have off because I end up having to cover everything he does while he swans off and eats fancy German sausage. I have to, and that definitely isn't a euphemism. His other and half is German. Simon is you, my business partner. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Uh, every time he has one of his holidays, it's like, okay, that's a holiday I'm not having. Or every time, it seems like he schedules those around when I have website problems too. He I'm like, Richard, does. I need help. You're like, contact Simon. I'm like, Simon's in Italy eating pizza or something. Italian food. So, yeah. Simon mm-hmm. says, contact you. Yes. You oh, he did Simon that the other day says. as well. I hope he listened to this podcast because he, he he put in his um in his out of office message, uh, if it's urgent, contact Richard. So people started to contact me. I'm like, I'm going to set up an out of office message that says, if it's urgent, contact Simon and just create a complete round loop and see what happens. <laughs> just send everybody <laughs> on a permanent loop of emails. But no, he's a fantastic guy. It sounds um, like you work for AT&T or Comcast. That's what I was about to say too. <laughs> uh, no, I, it is hard uh, running small business. There's no doubt about it. It is hard. Um, yeah, I mean, but like Brian said, though, I like that's what you want to see, though. Yeah, like yeah. you make sure everybody gets paid, and then if there's anything left over, then you can get paid, basically. Right, yeah. right. Otherwise, I mean, you know, it's just uh, I don't know. It's kind of crappy. Physical. It is kind of crappy. Right now, I think it's time we talk about the big topic that I've sent you guys because this is a big topic. At the topic, this is a big topic. A big topic, and it is one that may spill over into the Patreon if we don't get it. But um, essentially, I read an article last week uh, that was talking about the consumption of old music versus new music. And it said that listening, and, and we sort of covered this when we talked about the charts previously, but it said that the listening of old music um, had increased by 14% in a period whilst new music consumption in the same period had shrunk by 1.4%. Um, now, obviously, the percentages aren't linked, so I was like, oh, surely it should be linked. No, they're obviously not linked. But that itself is a really bad sign. And it's not just a bad sign because it means that Pink Floyd will be at number one forever. Uh, take, a uh, take a drink. It's a bad <clears throat> sign for so many different reasons. You know, it it shows essentially cultural stagnation and uh brian did you just throw up i no, know i said pink floyd but sorry i didn't know steady. you could hear that 
<laughs> I coughed. Uh, I coughed very loudly. Was it was the, it a furball? Do you, do you have uh, hair I think it was. Yeah, I think I do have hair balls. I know. Yeah, you, you got to stop kissing those goats. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. It is very scary to see that old music is continuing. And like a really big example of this, the biggest selling song of this year is a Kate Bush pop song from 25, 30 years ago. You know, and it was big in its day, and I love that song, and I love Kate Bush. But the fact that that is the biggest song that people are writing about, talking about, is quite worrying to me. It's like, where is this generation's Kate Bush? Where is this generation's Madonna? Where even is this generation's Britney Spears? You know, they're getting watered down by each generation until what are we left with? AI music. Uh-oh. That's not AI music if you're listening, if you were thinking that. I mean, so again, the cultural regression doesn't just hit the music industry. It's happening a lot in the cinema industry and the world of TV and film. The biggest series on TV at the moment are all like nostalgia-driven, like Kenobi and The Mandalorian and things like that. That's all nostalgia-driven. You know, there's no original versions of that that is getting the same amount of money spent on it. And the biggest action heroes... I mean, we went to see the Top Gun Maverick the other day. Um, and in fact, we went to see Bullet Train with um, Brad Pitt in the other day, which I really enjoyed, even though reviews say it wasn't good. But Brad Pitt's nearly 60, you know? And the idea of me as a 17-year-old lad thinking that a 60-year-old man is going to be a leading action hero was laughable. But now, Harrison Ford's about to be in the new Indiana Jones film. He's, he's 80. 80. Right. And, you know, he's he's going to be the top action hero. So it's very, very worrying, isn't it? It's like, what's next? Well, I think, Bri, you know what's next. So what is next after super old actors, Bri? AI starts uh, using dead actors. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're already seeing. Because in Rogue One... We saw Peter Cushing brought back from the dead, essentially. And we saw Mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher as a young lady, you know. And that technology is going to get better and better and better. And graphics processing is going to get better and better. And that's, you know, very scary. Because soon, why pay someone scale when you can just simply build a digital model of it and use it forever? And, well, you know, I'm sure you see like the Tom the Tom Cruise fakes, right? I think it's the Tom oh, Cruise the, fakes. yeah, the yeah. deep fakes, the yeah, deep fakes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's this is where that's the infancy of it, right? And it's still it's still pretty good, you know, as long as the person sounds somewhat like Tom Cruise, it's uh, it could be quite misleading. It, yeah, it, I don't I, I don't totally. know what to make of of some of these numbers though, too, to be honest, because like. The consumption of new music. Now, what does that mean exactly? Does I mean, I think mean they define the, the, it as something that was released in the last decade. Okay, but like, how is that consumed? You know, I you, I look at somebody. I don't know if you've seen the guy Tom Cardi or not. Um, who does I'm like not familiar? He, he does like humorous music that he produces all himself, and he's got a very big following. He's hysterical. Um, but like, I look at some of these. I, I just wonder if we're maybe we're looking at the attention in the wrong way. You know, if we're looking at it through traditional outlets or even streaming, I I think that those numbers probably hold up. But if you think of new music in a different way, 
if you think of it as like all of the music that's created by like Andrew is music and all of these different content creators that are producing music, I would argue that perhaps new music consumption is actually through the roof and it's just not being measured correctly. So would you say that, you know, perhaps like a 30 second TikTok is new music? I mean, I, you know, this is just me personally, but all of those clips that I've uploaded recently, I didn't, I'm not playing a cover. I'm just coming up with new stuff. So is that, yeah. Is that music? Is that it? Sounds like music to me. You know, uh, yeah. is, I could say all the country covers I'm doing of classic songs. That's <laughs> that could be considered music. music. By, no, that's not considered music by anybody. That's considered absolutely it's disgraceful co- by. No, uh, it's considered world class art. Is what you meant <laughs> I, I enjoyed turning Alanis Morissette into a country artist. That was, yeah, that I, was I, fun. I, yes, I'm sure you did. Uh, I mean, over here, <laughs> she's considered to be a country artist anyway. Uh, what? I'm joking. Okay, uh, it's like, hold on, hold on. We got to have, now this is the real topic. But no, yeah. I, I I wonder, that's that's what I wondered when I was looking at it. It was like, sh- sure, streaming wise and, and through radio and whatever else, yes. Yeah, but definitely. okay, but, then but I think is, is that new also media a consumption. Thing? Because is, is, that? The new, cause is the new media that we'll be producing one minute TikTok soundtracks, which require less effort than a three and a half minute, two and a half minute pop song? Is that worrying? Is that dumbing down the form? Well, well and that's why I brought up Tom Cardi because his are not. I mean, he For has sure. a lot of short form, but right. he's also got some very long form ones that are pretty. And, and you're right. I mean, my daughter I think you is would absolutely really enjoy it, Richard. By the way, no, I'm sure my, my daughter's obsessed by this guy um, Bo Burnham. I don't know whether you're familiar with him, but mm, yeah, we've talked he about does him like musical comedy. He makes witty little songs. They're kind of they're okay. They're not my thing. She loves them. And he has sold a lot of material as a result. And we, yeah. we and spoke so last is he, week about Jeff you know, is Dunham. His, and, is his special, for instance, that he did on Netflix, is yeah. that concluded in this calculation of new music? Probably, probably not. not. Yeah, you're probably right. So there's mm-hmm. probably some uh, some wiggle room here for these statistics to have been manipulated to show a more depressing image than it is. But I don't think all, it's manipulated. I just think he's not looking, the author's not looking at everything. He's not, he's, he's kind of ignoring the way that we can, that the way almost all of us consume media now. I, I can't believe how much YouTube my mom watches. <laughs> she's, right. she's, a, she's in there commenting on my videos and I'm like, I, I had no idea you were this active on YouTube. <laughs> Whereas my mom's just moved house. And she is in no way perturbed by the fact that not only does she have no TV or radio in her house, um, at the moment she has no internet or even a good mobile signal, and that's not affecting her. Whereas if that was me, I would be running around freaking out, you know? So definitely there is a generational thing of of consumption in different ways. Um, But... You also uh, have to have it for your work, Richard. This is a little bit different. I, I definitely need it for, for only mm-hmm. work and never any online gaming, never running around pretending to be Snoop Dogg in Call of Duty. That does not happen. No, never. Most days. I, but sorry, there was, a, there was an interesting comment, though, that was left in, uh, on the article, and someone said that, um, uh, oh, crap, I just lost it. Oh, for yes. one thing, streaming, oh, they- of course, flattens all eras and it just becomes music, not old music or new music. This is not bad. There, there you go. Thank you. That's a, that's a very fair point. That's true. I don't tend to think of things like that anymore. I used to when I was younger, but now I just go, I want to listen to Waylon Jennings. And I don't think about like Waylon Jennings is old. I just think 
today I'm in the mood for Waylon Jennings. And yeah. tomorrow it might be Metallica. And the day after that, it might be Kendrick Lamar. Who knows? Like, it, it, I don't think of it in in eras as much as I used to. I was going to say, my, my 16-year-old daughter, she kind of views music that way. She doesn't really think of old or new. Just It's like, I like them or I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Whereas definitely when I was growing up, I had a thing for 60s music, uh, for sure. Because I, I kind of got into The Doors, and then I got into, you know, I'm Janis sorry. Joplin. And I, oh. I, I obviously loved Jimi Hendrix before I got into The Doors. So I, I was doing Hendrix, Doors, and Joplin. Then it was like Jefferson Airplane and Canned Heat and kind of some of the other like Monterey bands. And but I loved it Did you it think all. of it as like, I, I am very interested was, in this era of old stuff? I was aware that this was a golden period for music. So I sought out music from this era because I knew that it was some of the most innovative rock music up to that point. I know it clearly it continued to innovate, but right. I did seek it out in that area. And, and, and that is not happening. Because again, you know, look at the huge amount of 80s nostalgia there still is, when really the majority of music in the 80s was appalling. And it was a very depressing it pretty, time. <laughs> it was there was a lot of pretty terrible. Stuff. There was so much, yeah. ru- and like the good stuff yeah. you didn't hear. You, you could make an argument that the majority of music produced can be pretty appalling. You can make that argument, but again, if we I know go most back, of the stuff I've done is pretty bad, and then the, no, you only no, see the good bits. I shall not hear I'll, that. No, no, well, seriously, I you only touch is I only put out the the good stuff. The stuff I've shared with people and sent to you. That's the stuff that I'm like, yeah, I think this is decent. Maybe you that's know, why I'm I don't going share. Wrong. If I go go like, huh, that was bad. Nobody's gonna. That's never gonna see the light of day. You know? I will send my music out to people and get the ultimate like dis reaction, which is no reaction at all. And then you're just like, oh shit, what do they think of it? Oh shit, they. Oh, it. it this isn't Patreon, Richard. They absolutely. Oh, yes, this is not the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> oh sugar, oh sugar. You can just replace it with that, Brian. At um, forty-one minutes. Um, Right, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I write a note about that. Yeah, you make sure you do write a note about that, young <laughs> sir. Um, um, so, never mind. We, we, we should we should finish this off <laughs> on the Patreon episode because there's still some points to be made. Sure, but my my final kind of point on this is um, for, for for the main episode, will AI ever allow us fully to say, right, I now want this guitar player to play this solo? But I now want it to be done in the style of Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, oh, yeah. in, insert and and it's probably like perfect. Oh, That's got to be so mm-hmm. close now. I, I mean, I, I know it, it's got to be so close. But will it be like Dali? Like, will you like be able to sort of zoom in on the detail and hear why? Why on earth is is, is Hendrix actually playing a, a like a banjo riff at this point or something? Yeah. Will there be like why is details there a kazoo that are a bit on weird? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. probably. I think. With time, like everything else, with time, I don't think it will be, but I'm sure up front you'll be like, wait a minute, that's not a strat tone, you know? Right. But Interesting. Well, that is my big topic for the week. The dumbing that was a good down topic. of culture. That was a very good topic. That was a good one. We should yeah. uh, we should continue this on the on the uh, Patreon. Yes, have, there are other I have some more thoughts made. that keep popping up. So. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. All right. Thoughts oh, you know what? Keep- you, yeah, sorry. Um, you know what? I actually forgot to mention our executive producers the other day, and I, I just wanted to, I wanted to publicly apologize because sometimes my head's just not on straight. 
This is one of those Back weeks Brian. where I'm tired and I've been working. I literally worked all through the weekend. I'm just tired. So just and we're imagine. we're in like podception where we're yeah. not yeah. sure what day it is still. I can, yeah. I can attest to this, um, dear listener. Brian has worked for exactly four hours in the last two weeks. So he is very oh. tired. Oh. <laughs> I think you mean slept, Sorry, slept four hours slept. in the last two Oh, weeks. I got it the wrong way around, Brian. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, so we've, had a, gonna, we've had a fun week. I was going to mention each executive producer twice. That will make up for it. Yeah, right? that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. I won't. But here we go. Big, huge, gigantic thanks to Bill Bays, Jake Young from Man the Helm podcast, which you should be listening to if you're not. You should rethink your life. Justin Burke, <laughs> David Tindall, Night Haas, Dave Trombetti, Shannon Weaver, and the amazing band Reduced to Rust. Eric, Will- <clears throat> excuse me, Eric Wilson, getting prepared for this next one. Rita Frosted, Michael Freer, Sean Arbo, who we spoke about earlier, of Gun Street Wiring, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, DJ Patty F, Dylan Toxtone, Strand, Kevin Harrington, Barry from Grez Guitars, Felicity, who makes the annoying memes, Tom Kelly, Pigsy, Zebo, John O'Neill, Robert, Robert, Robert Carr, sorry, Robert, Hunter Hudson, Rob Stokes and Jordan from Poison Noises. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wobblerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wobblerpedals.com. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating where you normally get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. And make sure to check out WamplerPedal.com for blogs and videos and, of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and get double the content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Chasing Tone Podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Hold up. 